This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Mm-mm-mm. I thought I was going to be coming on this podcast doing a different show than what we're going to have to do. But in the end, you got to credit the LA Rams for a 27-24 Monday night victory over our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Handing the Bucks yet another primetime defeat, second loss under the lights in the last three weeks. And now some head scratching going on on a short week that'll include a Thanksgiving holiday before you play the Kansas City Chiefs. More on all of that a little bit later on. But for right now, we're going to focus on what L.A. did and what Tampa Bay did not do well enough. Thank you for finding me in the aftermath of a late night Monday night. I'm actually taping this podcast in the middle of the night so that it can be out fresh to you on Tuesday. No, I'm not thrilled about having to recap a loss, but it's what we do. We come in here post-game after each and every Buccaneer game. I give you insight. I give you some analysis, some stats, some things to back it up. I give you historical perspective from having been around this team as a fan and as a broadcaster for going on almost 40 years now, going all the way back to 1983. And I can tell you there have been a lot of lows and a lot of bad football in that time. But there's also been some highs, a Super Bowl win, playoff caliber teams, and this team at times has looked like a championship-type football team. Well, When they were beating the brakes off the Green Bay Packers, when they went out and handled the Raiders, I've been telling everybody and been trying to tell you if you've been listening on the podcast, the Raiders are going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a 9 or 10 win team and an AFC playoff team, and the Bucs handled that team in Las Vegas. Uh, but for whatever reason, you put this team in prime time, and they seem to have problems. But in any event... Uh, it's tough coming in in the middle of the night having to recap it the way that it is, but that's what we do. And again, thank you for finding this uh, Nothing But Bucks podcast, however you did so, either through social media and a link through Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast that comes your way each and every time that there is a Buccaneer game. The day after the game, usually about midday the day after the game, the uh, Nothing But Bucks podcast is available to you. All right, so let's get into it as the Bucs came off of a nice win over Carolina. And and if I heard this once, by the way, over the last eight days since the win in Charlotte last week where the Bucs put 46 points on the board, I heard it 15 times. Oh, well, it's just Carolina, first-year coach, blah, blah, blah. Um, The Bucs did sweep the Panthers this year. It is a first-year coach. Christian McCaffrey played most of the first game before he hurt himself, did play it all in the second game. But uh, Bucks won the first time over Carolina, and then the Panthers turned around and won three straight games after the September win over Carolina. Bucks pummeled the Panthers in the second half, uh, now nine days ago at the time that I'm talking to you. I know McCaffrey didn't play in the game, but he doesn't play defense. They, they could not stop Tom Brady, Evans, Godwin, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, uh, all the pass weapons, Antonio Brown, any of them that you were going to, Ronald Jones, 98-yard touchdown run, etc. Couldn't stop him. Uh, turn around seven days later, and Carolina plays Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions and shuts them out at home. So I, I don't want to hear any more about how the Carolina wins don't mean anything at all. I mean, obviously, uh, Carolina is probably not going to be a 9 or 10 win team. They would have to basically win out at this point to be that. Probably going to be like a 5 or 6 win team, but they aren't Jacksonville bad. They aren't year in and year out Cincinnati Bengals bad. So that was a that that looks like a much better win after what Carolina did 
to the Lions on Sunday. That's what my point is. But enough about trying to rehash or spin Buccaneer victories. There have been some wins uh, so far this year. But you don't beat the Saints in the two matchups. You lose to the Bears on the Thursday night. You, you had trouble. You did win over the Giants. You had trouble putting the Giants away, but you did. That's the one primetime game you've gotten. This was your chance. Uh, standalone Monday night football, your chance to put it on the uh, the Rams, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, and have everybody around the country talking about, okay, Buccaneers back-to-back wins, 8-3, and three, looking good for the final five games, but instead it goes the other way. And again, some of that is to the credit of Sean McVay's team, in particular for all the talk of Goff and Robert Woods and the, and the weapons that they have on offense, Cooper Cup, uh, on and on. Um, Daryl Henderson, the outstanding back out of my alma mater, Memphis. Whatever you want to say about their offense, their defense has been lights out, especially in the second half of games. And in fact, the Bucks got more points, as we'll get to in the second half of this game, than, uh, than really their last three games combined in the second half that the Rams had allowed on defense. So uh, give the Rams credit, and, uh, and Brandon Staley is the new first-year defensive coordinator, first-time defensive coordinator in the NFL, but he, is, he has roused those guys up, and they have played much better, and they're a good team. They're very well coached with Sean McVay and the schemes and the offense, and you got to give them a lot of credit that they traveled three time zones, came on the road, and got the win. And so let's get to it. Let's talk about it um, and, and get through it, and then we'll look ahead to what's next later this week and including the World Champion Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes into Raymond James Stadium for the first time in eight seasons. That is coming this weekend. This one began, uh, again, with the Buccaneers getting the ball first and actually getting a first down this time on the opening drive, something they could not do for almost the whole first half against the Saints. But then they had to punt the ball. And this has become what what I believe uh, should be considered a mild concern. It's not a red alert. It is not sound the foghorn trouble here. Uh, iceberg ahead. But Todd Bowles' defense... Uh, far too often right now is digging a hole for this team early on in the game. Now, you overcame it. The Green Bay game, you trailed 10-0, and you overcame it, and and you won. You you trailed the Raiders on an opening touchdown, uh, 7-0, but found a way to come back and win that game. But in in the Saints game, you never recovered uh, from that. And the concern here is it was starting to look that way again with the Rams, who piled up the yards, piled up the touchdowns, Uh, Some soft coverage again, much like the Saints game, not as much in the Carolina game against Teddy Bridgewater, but they seem to respect Jared Goff a lot with soft coverage and his receivers were just sitting down in the middle of the field. Um, And Goff, again, is a $150 million quarterback and a former number one overall pick, and he played like it. So they got the ball first. They moved it down the field. Uh, Give credit to their pass game in doing most of that damage because the, the, the Rams sure as heck, just like everybody else, could not run the ball on the Buccaneers. But pass game was effective. They uh, moved the ball down the field with a couple of completions to Cooper Cup um, on key situations. A 12, uh, a, a An eight-yarder on a second down got them a first down. Then Cup caught one on the sideline on a, on a missed tackle uh, and ended up going for 37 yards, caught another one for seven more yards, and then finally... The Rams get into scoring range and put the first points of the night on the board. 
Malcolm Brown now is the running back to the right hip of Goff. Here's the snap on third. Goff looking, looking. Under pressure, flushed. Throws the ball toward the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Robert Woods. And the Rams score first. It's six to nothing. I should have made mention here in the highlights that Mean Gene Deckerhoff has the calls with Dave Moore on Buccaneers Radio. I'm part of that broadcast as well. A 7-0 lead, and again, another deficit for the Buccaneers to try to find their way out of. And that's exactly what the Bucs would do with their second possession, going, uh, as it turns out, 75 yards in 10 plays. Uh, Brady making some nice plays, including getting a long pass interference penalty on Jalen Ramsey. He would be battling Mike Evans all night. Had to push him and hold him down the field to keep him from getting a big play on a third down. Uh, Brady then uh, finds Chris Godwin for seven yards on another third down. Finds Rob Gronkowski for 16 yards to move into scoring range. And eventually, as the second quarter got underway, uh, would find Mike Evans with one of the, uh, right now, one of the plays of the year for this offense. Shotgun formation. Godwin swings in motion to the left. Here's Brady looking. Brady fires toward the uh, six-yard line. Caught by Evans. Inside the five. Evans fights to the three. He fights to the two. He dives to the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Fire the cannons for Mike Evans. Second and even third effort as he comes out with a nine-yard touchdown officially through the two Ram defenders diving across the goal line. Evans is ninth touchdown of the season. Also, how about this factoid? This is why you come to nothing but Bucks for things like this. They put this out while the game was going on. Don't know if you saw it, Buccaneer fans. But in the 51-year history of Monday Night Football, Mike Evans now stands alone as the only receiver ever on Monday night that in his first five games on Monday Night Football of his career, he has a touchdown catch in every one of them. I realize that in the 70s and the 80s, you weren't throwing the ball as much in the NFL, not nearly as much as in the 2000s, much less the 2020 season. But still, that's impressive in Mike Evans' seven-year career. Then on Monday Night Football, five times, touchdown catch in every game. That's never happened before. Jerry Rice didn't do that at the beginning of his career. Neither did he. I mean, pick any of the other all-time receiving greats uh, up at the top of the list. Anybody like uh, Terrell Owens with all of the numbers or Art Monk with the Washington Redskins or Michael Irvin with the Dallas Cowboys or who am I leaving out? Not not Randy Moss uh, in the recent years or anybody else in the uh, in the NFL. So again, that got the game tied and then the Buccaneers were able to put some momentum together. They got a three and out defensively, made some adjustments. You know, this is what we talked about in the Saints game, that the offense gave the defense time not only to rest, but go over. What did the Rams do well on that opening drive? Go over it on the surface tablets. Talk about it on the sideline for two or three minutes while you're driving the ball, including getting a touchdown and a TV timeout. They got a good probably seven or eight minutes of actual time to sit over, discuss things, rest, figure it out. They got the three and out, and the Bucks got the ball back and moved the ball again uh, down the field. Uh, big third down conversion with Brady finding Cameron Brate right at the sticks. Uh, Brady then took a deep shot to Mike Evans, Uh, and couldn't find him throwing it out of bounds. And Tom kind of knew that he missed that throw. You saw the wide-eyed look if you saw the TV replays they were showing on the video board in ESPN. Uh, But then another pass interference penalty as uh, as Brady found, um, looked over the middle of the field and, uh, and was able to get the pass interference deep down the field on the hit trying to find Scotty Miller. Uh, Fuller, the safety, who would have two big plays in the second half, got pass interference. 
Brady then found Mike Evans for 18 yards on a play where Ramsey was interfering with him. Uh, I know Ramsey was complaining about Mike Evans pushing off, but the reason Mike Evans is pushing off is because of the illegal contact down the field by Ramsey impeding him, putting his arm up, trying to hold him from going out on his route. So Evans was getting the better of Jalen Ramsey for all the talk and all the chirping down on the field. And again, I was there field level in the operational zone, and you could hear these guys gapping at each other. It just it had a playoff feel. And Ramsey's going to try to go head-to-head with Evans with some volatility. And, uh, and Evans was getting the better of him in the first half. So that was a, an 18-yard completion. Got things inside to the two-yard line, and then you powered it in here. Leonard Ford up the setback, about five yards behind Brady. Takes the handoff, runs to He pounds his way toward the goal line. Is he in? He is. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the lead at 13-7. Leonard Fournette's first time in the end zone in a while. Two yards officially with the offensive lineman pushing him in. Statement drive, 68 yards, 10 plays, and the Buccaneers in front, 14-7. So you're in good shape. But again, the Rams deserve credit with Jared Goff, with, with McVay's scheme, the weapons they have. But if there's a criticism of Todd Bowles, too much zone probably being played, too much easy throws and easy zone uh, being played over the middle where guys are just open uh, repeatedly. Goff able to find uh, Robert Woods. Uh, down the sideline for 19 on a second down play, able to find Cooper Cup, who made a couple of defenders miss and picked up 24 yards. They move inside the Buccaneer red zone. Cup catches another one for six yards. The Buccaneers then, for the second time in the first half, get an offsides. They jumped on a third down play. And instead of maybe being able to force a field goal, that would lead to this. Here's the step. Goff looking in zone, throwing in zone. Caught ball. Touchdown Rams. A point away from tying the ball game. Leaning into the end zone, rookie Van Jefferson out of Florida. And Van Jefferson returns to his home state and records his first career touchdown. Goff reties the game. Van Jefferson, former Florida Gator, gets his first NFL touchdown, seven yards out. And the game back at 14-14 late in the second quarter as we go through the chronology on Monday night. Uh, and again, uh, Buccaneers able to move the ball a little bit, picked up uh, a couple of first downs with Tom Brady going and trying to get some points. But Brady ends up throwing incomplete to Chris Godwin on a third down play near midfield, and you have to punt the ball back to the Rams with a minute to go and with a couple of timeouts. And L.A. makes the most of it. They got a couple of completions. They did take their timeouts. And then finally, Robert Woods catches a little wide receiver screen, gets a block from Cup. The Bucks miss not one but two tackles and let Woods get out the gate running down the middle of the, of the field diagonally. And he goes 35 yards, really about 30 yards after contact. And uh, the, the Rams run up and spike the ball with just one second remaining. And then Matt Gay, former Buccaneer kicker, gave them the lead at halftime at 38 uh, yards out. 17-14, the Rams in the lead. I talked to Bruce Arians on our Buccaneer Network coverage, the head coach, going into the locker room. He said he was happy with the pass game, but defensively the tackling very poor, that they would talk about that at halftime, and they knew they were in a real fight with the Rams uh, for the second half. All right, so that leads us into the start of the second half where, again, the Rams have been so good. Do you realize only allowing four points per game in the second half defensively in their last seven games? Uh, That's remarkable. Only 28 uh, total points, four points per game. In fact, in the last five games, 
The LA Rams had allowed six, six points in five games in the second half. That's how good their defense has been. But this time, the Buccaneers would turn the tables a little bit on that, and it would be the defense that would be the order of the day. Rams got the ball first to start the second half. Buccaneer defense with a play. Goff maybe changing the play. Shouts something to his setback since Cooper Cup in motion. Feeds the ball. Play action fake. Dropping Goff gets the pass. It's intercepted. Picked off by JPP. Jason Pierre-Paul for the second week in a row. Has a big pick. And the Bucs are in business at the Ram 23. Just an awful throw by Jared Goff behind Daryl Henderson on the interception. JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, as Gene Deckerhoff called it there. Very much Johnny on the spot. Second straight week with an interception. That's the first time, by the way, for the Buccaneers going back to 2013 that any Buccaneer has had an interception in back-to-back games. I didn't realize it had been that long of a drought. And he's a defensive lineman, a hybrid pass-rushing edge defensive lineman. Give Jason Pierre-Paul a lot of credit. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level uh, once again. Remarkable with uh, what had happened previously in his career with the hand injury, the fireworks injury that caused the removal of two of his fingers. A JPP with a fractured neck in the offseason last year in a car accident, came back without surgery, still playing at a remarkable level with what he is able to do. Uh, unfortunately, though, for the Bucks, not able to get in the end zone uh, here. They couldn't take advantage of the short field taking over at the LA-22. Uh, Brady had Rom Gronkowski on the second down play, but Gronk couldn't get the catch and the feet down. And then one of the criticisms, the Bucks trying to catch the ball out of the backfield with running backs, awful. Uh, Leonard Fournette d- dropped three of them. Ronald Jones dropped one in the first half. Fournette dropped one on third down. And so the Bucks had to settle here for a tying field goal. Good snap, the spot, the kick is airborne. And it is good. And the Bucs have tied the game at 17-17. And as you hear, Ryan Suckup able to do that. Game retied at 17. And you're still in good shape here with the third quarter barely underway. Now the Rams did move the ball with Goff getting a couple of completions again. One to Josh Reynolds on a third down. One to Robert Woods for 16 yards. They moved the ball into scoring range, but could not go any further. And so then it ended up being a 44-yard field goal attempt for Matt Gay, the Buccaneers' former kicker out of the University of Utah, just signed this week because the Rams have had injuries at kicker. Gay won the kicking job for this week, but he missed again at Raymond James Stadium, something that he did far too many times on extra points and field goals and got released after his rookie season. So Gay misses from 44 yards out. That gives the Bucs the ball back with an opportunity to try to make something happen. But unfortunately, off the game miss, this was the first of two costly turnovers by the future Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. Here's the snap feed. Play action fake sold nicely by Brady. Wants to go deep downfield toward God. It's intercepted to the 25. Down the sideline to the 40, to the middle of the field to the 45, to the 50-yard line, to the 45, to the 40-yard line. And that interception is returned to the Buccaneer side of the field by safety, Jordan Fuller. Yeah, taking the deep shot down the field. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, Brady didn't see the deep the deep safety Fuller. Uh, yes, there was pressure in his face, but just threw that ball down the middle to deep center field, and the safety makes the pick. Uncharacteristic. And and, and unfortunately, a second time, you're going you're gonna to hear the same thing happening. We, we saw it. We watched it. You've probably seen the highlight by now. The same thing's going to happen at the end of the game with the same guy who hadn't had an interception all year long. 
And the Rams seized on the momentum. Give, uh, again, Sean McVay credit. Give Jared Goff credit. Uh, he went to work again, uh, finding Gerald Everett, the tight end, over the middle after the interception of 18 yards. Uh, finding Josh Reynolds for 18 more yards down to the four-yard line, and that would lead to the go-ahead touchdown here. Second down in the snap. Goff looking left, fires the ball to the left side. Caught ball, touchdown, L.A. Rams. Rookie running back Cam Akers out of Florida State with the four-yarder. So a Gator and a Knoll both get touchdowns for the Rams in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. And the Rams now back in front at 24-17. The battle would continue on. And again, give uh, give the Bucks a lot of credit here. After after having the ball and they, and they went on a drive uh, in the fourth quarter trying to make something happen, could not make anything happen. And the end result is uh, uh, the fourth down stoppage that L.A. was able to make. Uh, and at that point in time, uh, on the fourth and two, with 12 minutes left, um, you, you end up punting on that in that situation. It was a fourth and one, actually, with about uh, eight and a half minutes left. Brady threw incomplete to Chris Godwin. So after you had moved the ball into Rams territory, it seemed to be the, the smart decision. Go try to get the tying touchdown. Brady was trying to get Godwin off of kind of a, a rub route or a pick route where uh, Mike Evans is, is kind of rubbing the inside Defensive back a yard downfield where it's allowed, but Godwin got tangled up with Evans, couldn't get out far enough. The pass is incomplete. You give the ball right back to the Rams, and you're thinking, oh, no. Uh, here at this stage down 24-17, if the Rams can go down and get touchdown, game probably over. But guess what? Todd Bowles does defense aggressive, uh, getting after Jared Goff on that next drive, and it led to this. Three receivers to the left, including here's a quick snap to Goff. Goff looking, fires it over the middle. It's picked off, intercepted to the 45-yard line. Outside the numbers with the football, the Bucks have taken it away. It's Jordan Whitehead with a pick. Jordan Whitehead picks off Jared Goff for the second time today. The Bucks have taken an interception away from Goff. Jordan Whitehead's pick and a little bit of a return as well. Sets the Buccaneers up at the L.A. 44-yard line after the interception as he was looking for Robert Woods over the middle. Again, the Buck defense played much better in the second half of this game and probably deserved a better fake than what they got. They kept giving the offense opportunities to go get the touchdown. And here the second turnover of the night by Goff would prove costly because the Bucks pick up a couple of good plays, one to Chris Godwin for 10 yards after the interception. They're able to, on third and one, to power it with Leonard Fournette for two yards and a first down. Then again, Brady to Mike Evans working on Jalen Ramsey for 10 yards. We don't have it in the highlights, but that sets up this next play here. Here's Brady to throw it back up. That's the right side. Got a wide open receiver with the 14. As Godwin dives. Is he in, Mr. Ruff? Is he in? He is. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Godwin hurdles to the goal line. Fire the cannons. Box a point away from time. Again, extra effort as Godwin's second effort diving in the end zone. How good is this guy? I mean, the Buccaneers with Evans and Godwin is the one-two punch. I know everybody wants to talk about Antonio Brown and the big play capability. Give me 13 and 14 all day long on making plays. Um, I know there are other guys. Brown can stretch the field. Scotty Miller can stretch the field. Maybe better than what Evans can, although he is some kind of weapon going down the field with the long arms and the leaping ability. Just who are you going to cover? Who are you going to double cover? Uh, and Godwin out there in space able to get the touchdown. And the game 24 all at this point. 
with about four minutes left, and I'm thinking, okay, you go, you go get the stop, you get the ball, and now you're going to win the game. Well, they don't get the stop, and the Rams end up making a couple of big plays, one of them to Cooper Cup for 19 yards where he made a great move. They move into scoring range. Then, very interestingly, the Buccaneers taking timeouts to stop the clock, and the Rams on third and eight outside the two-minute warning with the Buccaneers having a timeout left, having actually two timeouts left, elect to run the ball. Instead of all the success that, that Jared Goff had throwing it, they elected to run. The Bucs said, thank you very much. Their run defense is so good. Malcolm Brown got no gain. Buccaneers took timeout. Matt Gay would come in and give uh, the Rams the lead with a 40-yard field goal. And that game, uh, the game is now 27-24 at this stage. But I, I really thought, I mean, that you're looking for the touchdown there to go up by seven and really put the Bucs uh, behind it, meaning a touchdown just to tie. Instead, you settle for the field goal. And this, this came now down to the key part of the final two and a half minutes. And I, I got to be honest here on nothing but bucks. I had the confidence, and, I, and I'm going to say to you in the listening audience, anybody that finds us here on the podcast, Tom Brady takes the field down 27-24 at home on Monday night football. Show of hands on who didn't think the Bucks were going to go get at least a field goal to tie, if not a touchdown to win. That's what I thought. I mean, with the exception of Sean McVay's family, the Rams coach, did anybody else believe Brady wasn't going to get the Bucks with Evans and Godwin and Gronk and Braid and Antonio Brown and Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette out of the back? But they weren't going to go get a field goal at home on Monday Night Football? So the Bucks are trying to move the ball and make something happen. They get a first down on a pass to Chris Godwin on the play, the center, who did another admirable job. A.Q. Shipley, the center. Ryan Jensen moved to left guard, second straight game with Ali Marpet, the Bucks' normal starting right, uh, starting left guard, excuse me, out with a concussion. Those guys did well, but Shipley got hurt on the play to Godwin uh, right outside the two-minute warning. So they had to help him off the field. Uh, that put Jensen back in the game to play center. Uh, it put Aaron Stinney in at left guard, reserve left guard. And then the Buccaneers tried a, a little uh, short pass to Antonio Brown. It didn't work. And that sets up second and 10 here, down by three, and Brady looking long. Second down 10 from the Buck 38. Here's the snap. They run a stunt. Brady stands off. Throws a pass outfield. It is intercepted at the 30-yard line. Rams have the football. Second pick thrown by Brady in the game. And L.A. will take over with a minute 49 to go. Oh, boy. Again, I wish the news was better. He just overthrew Cam Brady. Never saw the deep safety Fuller, who's waiting in deep center field to make sure that Antonio Brown or Scotty Miller or somebody doesn't run long on the pass play. In this case, they're looking for the tight end down the seam. The Rams were ready. Brandon Staley's defense, the first-year defensive coordinator, was ready. And the Rams take over and basically run the clock completely out. They did have to punt it up on the uh, the final. The, they did have to punt it on the final play of the game. Again, it's late after Monday Night Football. Uh, but it was the final play, and Kenyon Barner uh, only able to get a few yards. Game ends with the L.A. Rams getting a sweet victory for them, coming cross-country again on the road in the wild-card chase and the NFC West division chase for them. They win 27-24. Disappointing. It's a word I'm going to keep coming back to, that you had the ball down by three, and, and Tom Brady's going in the Hall of Fame. But he made some throws, a couple, three throws, and, and people have been saying this about last year in New England that are just not Brady-like. 
not the decisions. And you saw his body language after throwing that interception. As soon as he threw it on the replay, on the isolation replay, he knew. Like, oh, my God, I didn't see that guy. Throwing it deep down the seam. Um, and the picks can't happen. That's now nine interceptions uh, for Brady on the season. And what, six of them are in the primetime games? I believe that is correct. Under the lights, give the Saints credit for what they did two weeks ago at Ray J. And now what the Rams did uh, with a very good defense. Um, I, I will say this, Buccaneers did a great job on Aaron Donald. I mean, his name was not being called at all. And he's one of the most dominant defensive linemen in all of pro football, two-time defensive MVP. Uh, Aaron Donald, as I go back and look uh, here on the stat sheet for the, uh, for the final individual defensive stats, for the L.A. Rams, I'm looking down, and was Aaron Donald even credited with a tackle? I'm looking, and I do not see his name. So how about that? Uh, as it turns out, let me double-check that as I scan while I talk here in the middle of the night on doing nothing but bucks. Yeah, Aaron Donald's not on the stat sheet even for a tackle, much less a sack or two sacks or knockdowns of the quarterback. Great job again by the Bucks slowing him down. They did have a couple of sacks to the Rams. I know there was the controversial moment. Uh, in the third quarter of the game where Brady got hit in the end zone, uh, Jerome Boger, the referee, blew his whistle, immediately called it incomplete. I know that replay bailed him out by saying, hey, the call stands on incomplete pass. The ball did look like it was coming out of Brady's hand and, and not the, the forward motion of the hand for a pass, but the ball jarred loose before his hand starts to move forward. But again, Jerome Boger did what they're not supposed to do. He blew the play dead. And the ball's laying in the middle of the field while he's blowing his whistle for incomplete pass. And then a Ram raced over to pick it up. Unfortunately for them, in the mechanics, when that happens, there's no recourse on replay to give you the ball when the ball is blown dead, laying in the middle of the field, nobody around it. If it's an immediate, quick, clear recovery, that would have been different to help the Rams out. So they left the call. The Bucks ended up punting. The Rams still ended up uh, having the opportunity to score and take the lead, and they did at the end of the game. And again, you've got to credit them. All right, so let's get to our Hooters postgame show interviews. Uh, late night, Monday night, early hours of Tuesday morning. We were talking first with the head coach, Bruce Arians, about this one as the Rams come into Tampa and squeak out a Monday night win. Coach, what a battle uh, in this game tonight. Uh, I know we got to talk to you at halftime, and your team certainly came out in the second half. Let's pick up right there and made a big defensive play to start things and to eventually get the game tied at 17. Back and forth game. What did this come down to in the end for the Rams to pull it out? Uh, us not making enough plays that were there to make uh, in all three phases, offense, defense, uh, and and special teams. And it was, a, it was a game we had a chance to win, but we didn't make enough plays to win a game against a good team. Your defense, again, was able to not only get a, another interception later in the game uh, from Jordan Whitehead, but get a couple of key stops. What adjustment did you make, especially in the second half, that gave you some success against the Rams? I think Todd did a real good job of uh, adjusting to those real short passes. We handled the bootleg stuff pretty good most of the night, and uh, we, we let Robert Woods get out on us um, late in the fourth quarter. But uh, most of it, um, we tackled much better in the second half. 
You were able to get in the end zone and get the game tied at 24. A tremendous effort play. Mike Evans had one in the first quarter on a great effort, second and third effort to get in the end zone. Then it's Godwin this time with the extra effort. I know it's on the other side of the field in the corner, but what did you see out of that play to get the game tied? Yeah, it was a great effort by Chris. It was a good throw. And then, uh, I mean, when Chris gets around that goal line, you could pretty much book he's getting that thing in the end zone somehow, some way. And he did a great job of jumping over the guy and getting the ball to the end zone just like Mike did. All right, they're able to drive down and get the field goal, and you put Tom Brady and the offense out on the field down by three with a couple of minutes uh, left in the game and uh, and a couple of, and at least one timeout and the two-minute warning there in, in that situation. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny over the on, on the pass, on the long pass attempt to Cameron Brady. What did you see on that play that resulted in the interception? Uh, just a misread of the coverage and uh, never saw the safety rotate back over. Um, and, and laid it out for Cam, but uh, it was just a poor decision and a poor throw. And the end result is the Rams are able to run the clock out and win this one. Uh, give me a player. I know you've not seen coaches film. We saw Levante David make a lot of plays in the second half of this game, but I'm saying that. Give me a player that stood out that maybe I'm not asking you about. Did, did somebody play well that caught your eye? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the tape, but uh, I thought you know, as a group, we played hard. It's really, really hard. We just didn't make enough plays in this ball game as a team. A couple of injuries. Jamel Dean left with a concussion. I know AQ Shipley got hurt at the end of the game. What was his injury there at the end of the game? He got a stinger, but I think he's gonna be fine. Okay, good on that one. And you've got to be right back uh, at it here because you've got the defending world champions coming in six days from now. What, what has to be the mentality starting right now after tonight? I get healthy, get, uh, get refreshed, and get ready for a big, big ball game next week. Uh, every game is extremely important from here on in. Indeed, it will be a short week as uh, the, the Chiefs will come calling on Sunday. You've got the Thanksgiving holiday for this week as well. Just uh, not good enough. Not good enough when the game mattered the most. Say whatever you want about level of competition. But the Bucks have to regroup after after what the uh, Rams were able to do. Uh, all right, what about Tom Brady and the interceptions, which again derailed this team in the second half, not just one of them, but two of them, including the killer one on the final drive, which was only on a second down play. You still had time to go maybe get a field goal and tie, if not a touchdown and win. Here was the Bucks QB afterwards. Tom, as frustrating a game as this was, you, you guys had the ball with a chance to, to tie or, or win there late. Had just nice about the last drive and, and about that throw and, and how it got away there. Uh, it was just a bad read. And, uh, you know, Cam was running up the seam. And just the last second, I was saw the safety coming over and just, you know, popped it over Cam's head. So just a bad read, bad throw, decision, everything. Can't have it. Hey, Tom, I know how much you put into this, and I also know that the deep passes were a big point of emphasis for you going into this week. Um, what types of things were the Rams doing that were making some of those connections more difficult for you downfield? They do. They did a good job preventing them. You know, they, they kind of play a defense that, um, you know, makes it tough to hit them. Not, they're not impossible to hit, but they're, they're tight. And uh, guys did a good job running them. We had a couple shots, but uh, in the end, didn't come up with any. Tom, you've come up with so many game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime, Tom. So on a night like this, how disappointed are you in yourself? Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a good word, disappointed. And, uh, 
and have to do a better job. Absolutely. Tom, are you surprised? I mean, you guys, I know against Carolina, it's a different team, right? But you look so efficient. And then just the inconsistency at this point that you're having on offense. Yeah, that was a, uh, you know, tonight was was very inefficient. Did not a very good job there in the second half. Defense played great. Kept coming up with huge stops, getting us the ball back. And um, offensively, we just didn't make, just couldn't make the plays that were necessary to, to be efficient. And we had plenty of chances, so. Um, got to get them fixed. Every game is a playoff game at this stage. What would you say is your margin for error now going forward as a team? Well, we got to get ready to play a great football team coming up. So it's, uh, you know, nothing's been great to this point. We're, we've had some good wins, had some tough losses. And, uh, you know, it's a one, it's a, it's every, everything's about one week here in the NFL. And we're going to have to go play really, really well against a great football team next week. I just want to ask you about the, the deep ball. It seems like going back maybe since the Raiders game, uh, you guys have been able to get some DPI calls, absolutely, but but just haven't connected on the deep balls the way you did in the first four or five games of the season. Is there something you'd point to for why that hasn't clicked as it did early on? Uh, I won't study it. Again, we're, we're, we've had some chances, definitely, and receivers are doing a great job, and i got to get on the ball. So i to figure out how to do that. 26 of 48, 216 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, again, 26 completions and only 216 yards, not enough. In comparison, Jared Goff completed 39 balls for 376 yards, three TDs on the night, and the two interceptions for him. Uh, it just uh, not good enough, and, and Tom Brady was saying it. It made a bad throw on the long interception at the end of the game. Everybody's going to scrutinize that. I get it. Comes with the territory. He deserves blame. It's not only on him. Some of it's on the defense. Not doing a good enough job covering and tackling Cooper Cup or tackling Robert Woods. They did well against the run, but the Rams, especially after the catch in the first half, had a field day. Uh, by the way, Cup over 10 catches. Uh, finishing officially with 11. Woods with 12 catches, 23 catches between those two guys. It is the first time on a Monday night game since 2018 that two players have had 10 or more on a Monday night football game, 10 catches or more on the same team. Hasn't happened that often either. I think I saw their stat that on a Monday night game, it's only happened like four times ever, the first time uh, in the last three seasons. Uh, that it has happened. Uh, so give credit where it is due for the Rams. All right, staying with our Hooters postgame show, I did speak with a guy that got one of those interceptions off Jared Goff, safety Jordan Whitehead with me late night after it was done. Ronnie, thank you. And I believe we're joined now here by safety Jordan Whitehead, who had an interception in the second half of this game. Jordan, thank you for stopping for us uh, here to talk with us after this one is over with. Uh, a tough ball game. What did this come down to, and how much do you just have to credit the Rams? Um, it just really came down to focus, uh, communication, and uh, just making a play in that big-time situation. And, uh, you know, we did a good job all up to that last drive. Uh, the last drive on defense, we kind of let them get three points. Uh, we had the game tied. We could have held them and let the offense do their thing. But, uh, you know, it's team sports, so everybody just got to learn from, from it. Uh, play together, um, clean up a couple tackling issues and communication, and we'll get back to it. 
You started off the second half with JPP getting the interception. You later got one. Why was the defense better? Was it just what you were saying there, the communication, the better tackling? Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody just kept their posure, uh, composure. Everybody was communicated. Uh, you know, as a defense, we would just kind of stick together and uh, pretty much just talk about what's going on before the play. Uh, somebody on that defense, everybody, somebody always says they're going to make the play and keeping us up. So uh, it just happened right there. JPP got the first one. And then he just kind of carried that energy all the way over to the end of the game. And for this team, obviously, it's a short week, and you've got the defending world champs that are going to be here on Sunday. What must you do now in the next 24, 36 hours to put it behind you and be ready for Kansas City? All right. Yeah, we just got to uh, get to film uh, tomorrow, take care of our bodies. Uh, these, guys, these guys in the team will be ready to, ready to work on Wednesday. Uh, no doubt about that. So we just kind of have a better week in practice than we did last week. Jordan, thank you. Yes, sir. That young man is a hard hitter. Antoine Winfield, the rookie, a hard hitter. Buccaneers secondary got better as the game went on, but still on the final drive. You know, there was one subtle thing that I observed. This is where I bring you insight and analysis. I was at field level watching the game in the Coliseum a year ago. And at field level, obviously, in the in the operational zone in the front row on Monday night. Rams are so well coached and McVay with his game plans. Uh, they killed the Buccaneers a year ago at the Coliseum running the crossing route from one side of the field to the other and sometimes running what's called scissor routes where the receivers are doing like a double cross in front of each other to confuse the secondary and confuse the safety in the middle or the linebacker in the middle. All right, they didn't use a lot of crossing routes on Monday night until their final drive. And Robert Woods got open on one and I believe Cooper Cup got open on another one where McVay was like waiting Lying in wait. When can I put this to use? Because they've been looking for it the whole game. Maybe now they're going to relax and they're not going to look for it. And he got guys open with it. That is coaching, folks. They are very well coached with the play action, with uh, using the zone read plays to go to the left and try to run it or play action and bootleg back to the right and throw it. Uh, Setting up stuff for later in the game with play action and routes that they run. Rams uh, look good. Very well-coached team on both sides of the ball. They deserve to win the game. They outplayed the Buccaneers when it mattered, obviously, on Monday night. I know you don't want to hear that, but sometimes you credit the other team that's a playoff-caliber team. I mean, the Raiders are asking the same question after what the Buccaneers did to them in the second half of the game in Las Vegas. I will say this. The Raider defense nowhere near what the Ram defense is. They played inspired. Um, they got the job done. They got a couple of sacks on Tom Brady. They got the two takeaways. They get to celebrate, and deservedly so. And again, this will be a factor uh, because the Rams now have the head-to-head tiebreaker, just like the Bears who got the earlier win, although the Bears have five losses now. Buccaneers have four losses. Bears have a head-to-head tiebreaker. So too do the Rams in the playoff chase. Let's see what happens as everything continues to unfold in the AFC playoff picture. Still plenty of time left to get to a 10th win, an 11th win, and get yourself into the NFC playoffs. going to be very hard to win the division because you're now essentially two and a half games behind the Saints with five to play because the Saints have the head-to-head tiebreaker. They have two losses. You have four losses, but it's actually two and a half games. So in any event, tough night. Got to put it behind you. Thanksgiving holiday coming on Thursday, so you only have a couple of days here to really try to get ready for the Chiefs who come, speaking of the Raiders, come off a great dramatic final drive win for them 
in Las Vegas where Patrick Mahomes threw the game-winning touchdown to Travis Kelsey in the final seconds of the game. And the Chiefs loaded with uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the back, uh, the rookie back out of LSU in the backfield. Uh, they've even picked up Le'Veon Bell off waivers after the Jets got rid of him, and Bell still got tread on the tires running it and catching the ball out of the backfield. Look out for Mahomes and the Chiefs. They will be coming on Sunday for this uh, this matchup, the first time in eight years that Kansas City has been in Raymond James Stadium, and obviously the first time with Patrick Mahomes as he is only in his fourth season right now in the NFL to come in to Tampa Bay for that matchup, and it will be a 425 start uh, being shown all over the country by CBS. Jim Nance, Tony Romo will show it nationally. Bucks must regroup. Go put 60 strong minutes together against, I mean, you thought that Goff and company can light it up? You better be ready for Patrick Mahomes, uh, who, who seems to get off the bus ready to have 350 yards and three touchdowns. You better be ready with JPP, with Shaq Barrett, uh, with Levante David, Devin White coming after Mahomes and being ready for the defense. In particular, in particular, be ready for Kelsey and those receivers making plays over the middle because they're going to watch that Rams tape and see the Rams having done it all night on Monday Night Football. See the Saints doing it back three games ago now, throwing the ball over the middle of the Buccaneer defense and the soft zone coverage at times. you got to play zone some of the time, but you don't have to play soft zone and let everything happen right in front of you for easy first downs. Too much of that went on in the Rams game. Let's see if they don't buckle down Todd Bowles' defense for this game with Kansas City. So again, we'll be on the air at 3 on the Buccaneers Radio Network, 3 Eastern Time, 425 kick for the Bucs and the Chiefs coming on Sunday. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me out with the highlights and the interviews here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Jeff Ryan is our director of broadcasting. We thank you for finding me. We'll be here Monday off the Thanksgiving holiday weekend after the Chiefs matchup on Sunday. Reminder, subscribe to the podcast through the Buccaneers mobile app, through Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. However you found us here, be looking the day after games for nothing but bucks. For now, we are done. The Buccaneers will try to regroup, get to 8-4, and four, and look forward to the stretch run of the season with a chance to make the playoffs. That's the task at hand against the defending world champs. Everybody be safe for Thanksgiving with COVID-19 out there. Follow the social distancing guidelines, uh, the CDC guidelines about don't crowd it in everybody's house and, and spread it around. Be safe. Enjoy all the turkey, all the football that's going to go on for Thanksgiving Day with three NFL games. Enjoy the games this weekend, and let's get ready for Sunday for the Bucks and the Chiefs. And we'll be back when it is done to recap it with analysis, highlights, and interviews, and more. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. We look forward to talking again after a Bucks win over the Chiefs. Let's get it done Sunday, and we'll be back to talk about it on Nothing But Bucks. Bye.